Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What's up? Happy Sunday, folks. There's no football today that matters, but we'll talk about the football that doesn't matter this weekend a little bit later on. It is Royal Rumble Sunday. We might talk a little pro wrestling on the program. Next week's the Super Bowl. We will save that breakdown of that particular football game for a week from right now. And then we'll talk about it from every possible angle. We are coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com, get yourself a free rate quote, and do it today. Yep, everybody's headed to Miami. Well, we haven't we haven't headed there yet. I'm Jason Martin, host of the program on Twitter at jmartzone. It's eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox to reach us. That's nine nine six six three six nine. I do the show out of Nashville, Tennessee. The hometown boys here came close, but as predicted by all of us last week, I think we said it would be Chiefs and Niners. It's Chiefs and Niners. But again, we'll break down that particular matchup next week. Maybe we'll talk some about what happened last week before the end of this program. But I do want to start with, you know, you sit around and you think about what makes sense to start a Sunday morning program with. A lot of things happened last night, but how much of it was really all that meaningful to most of you? Yeah, there are segments of you that want to hear about this or you want to hear about that. LeBron passing Kobe Bryant is interesting. And that might be something that we touch on. But the thing that kind of has everybody's attention right now, other than Eli's Hall of Fame deal, which, believe me, we'll get there, is Zion Williamson. 
He's played two games. He has not finished either one of them because Alvin Gentry and the Pelicans organization has taken him out down the stretch, and they've lost both games, lost to the Nuggets and, of course, lost to the Spurs in that all-time crazy fourth quarter where he went four for four from three and had whatever it was, 17, 18 unanswered, one of the great debuts you'll ever see. It was incredible. I was watching it on mute. I was listening to a podcast, which I often do. I was watching the game the next day. Couldn't watch it live the night before. And I watched it on the DVR. And the first three quarters, I'm just like, oh, boy. I mean, this is kind of what you expect from a rookie, especially one coming back from injury. Maybe he's not 100%. He didn't look to be moving all that great in the first quarter. And then I'm sitting there eating my breakfast, watching the fourth quarter on mute, and it's just like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Oh, my. And then they took him out. And this is not going to be me going after Alvin Gentry or anybody else for taking him out. It is an entertainment product, and when the fans are chanting, we want Zion, I'm sure that was probably hard. But they got to make the decision they think is right long term. And I guess short term, they don't think they're going to compete this year. So you're looking at the future of the NBA potentially. Certainly the future of your franchise, barring injury. And you have to be smart. Sam Amick and I can't remember who the other guy was, but we'll talk about it. There was an article in The Athletic about the Clippers and their load management and there being issues in that locker room that you've heard Montrez Harrell kind of speak up about even though they're kind of on a bit of a tear as of late, or they're starting to win a lot more games. But you have to you have to look at this from a proposition of short versus long term, and you have to be cautious with a guy like Zion Williamson. And this is a long season in basketball. But there are very few needle movers in sports. One of them's playing at Torrey Pines, Tiger Woods, minus seven on Saturday. Another one played in Los Angeles and passed Kobe Bryant last night. That's LeBron James. I think another one, we may discuss the future of his career before the end of this three hours today. His name is Tom Brady. And then you have some other guys that are sort of on the periphery. I mean, Steph Curry's kind of a needle mover in his own right. There's not a lot of NFL players, I think, that are huge needle movers. Although, if you were to ask the Fox Brass with a polygraph on what they would like for the Super Bowl, they probably would have much rather had Aaron Rodgers and the Packers than the Niners because the Niners aren't really a team that's moving. It's not going to move a mass audience. The quarterback is sort of a weak link. It's a defense and run team where there's not stars that you know, and maybe that'll change this week. Maybe they'll become that kind of team, but there's nothing particularly flashy about them except to all of us sports heads that are sitting here, you guys on one end of the of this program listening and me behind the microphone talking. But when you've got a needle mover, hockey doesn't have one. I mean, they came close with Ovechkin, and maybe for a time they had Sidney Crosby, but hockey outside of the original six cities is just not going to do very much. Taking you inside the sports radio bubble, if you're in a market outside of the original six, and some to some degree even in the original six, but definitely outside of the original six, and they're spending an inordinate amount of time talking about hockey, their ratings probably stink. It's like me. I do this show out of Nashville, and I do a local show out of Nashville as well. 
my studio is like two miles from Vanderbilt, but I know better than to actually talk Vanderbilt sports for longer than about two minutes out of an hour. You have to know, and you have to be able to sense when someone has superstar qualities. You know, if you've listened to me over the last year, I've said repeatedly, I think Ja Morant will end up with a better career in the NBA than Zion will, but I think they both could be Hall of Famers. I just think the NBA is made for what Ja does, although I was spellbound just like everybody else watching what Zion did in the fourth quarter. Now, David Griffin, I think, may have gone a little too far when he said he's he's faster, he's quicker than every point guard I've ever been associated with, including Steve Nash and Kyrie Irving. and he, he, Some of the names, it's just like, all right, man, slow down just a little bit. He's explosive. He's amazing. Let's, let's calm down just a little bit. And I know you're associated with the Pelicans, so it behooves you and benefits you to say positive things here but be a little bit reticent to go too far this fast it was unbelievable though he's a needle mover the ratings were up 88 percent yeah the nba ratings are down in general and the one argument i absolutely will not listen to and believe me i know you've heard this argument I think it's lazy, I think it's ill-informed, and I think it's targeted poorly at that. And that is that people aren't watching the NBA because it's too woke and it's too political. I think that's absurd. I think they're not watching if they're not watching because it's an 82-game season and no game actually feels particularly important, especially when load management continues to happen. There are issues in the National Basketball Association that need to be addressed, but I don't think people stopped watching the NBA in droves because Daryl Morey had that incident this summer that I basically didn't even cover on this show because I knew it wasn't... If you are not watching basketball and that's your reason, then you probably weren't that big a fan to begin with. That's not to say that you shouldn't have principles and you shouldn't stick to those principles. It is to say that saying that the NBA ratings are down because of politics just seems a little bit short-sighted and a little bit too convenient if you want to go down that pathway. But Zion brought the numbers up and impeachment was going on all week. And if you've noticed, impeachment numbers have not been impressive. Spread across six networks, they're doing about 11 million. Not that that's nothing, But it's nothing compared to what you would assume something like that to be, which means one of a couple of things. One, people don't care. Two, people are so tired of politics they've tuned it out. And I'm sure there's a third option out there as well. I saw some of it, but I didn't spend all of my week devoted to it. I enjoyed the escape that the NBA provided the night of Zion's opening. And how do I know he's a needle mover? Because even as big a hoop head as you know me to be on this program, I haven't talked a lot because of football season. I haven't talked a lot of NBA on this show. And I haven't gotten to watch a whole lot of it. I got married back in September. My time isn't exactly what it once was. I have to be more prioritized as it relates to what I watch, how I watch it, and... You know, know that it's going to be relevant to a large swath of the audience. So I hadn't watched a lot of NBA. I watched opening night, and I watched a little bit on Christmas, and I watched, I've watched it sporadically. And inside the NBA has kept me abreast of it. And of course, I'm paying attention to all the headlines and the box scores and all that. But it is a slog of season. 
and football takes up a lot of airspace. But I'll tell you this, I DVR'd Zion's first game knowing I couldn't watch it live. And then if you want to know what a needle mover looks like, the next day when I'm sitting there watching that game on mute, listen to that podcast, my breakfast and my morning coffee, uh, I watched when Zion was in. And when he went to the bench, I fast forwarded until he came back in the game because a random Pelican Spurs game in the middle of the regular season did not hold my attention, but Zion Williamson did. There are it athletes. Even if I think what I think about Ja, and maybe he could turn into one as well, there's something different about Zion. There's something LeBron-like. There's something Shaq-like about Zion Williamson. Shaq's the one I look at. But maybe it could be LeBron. I just I look at Zion and his size and the explosiveness with which he plays and power and those kinds of things, and he seems like he's got a personality that could become a Shaquille O'Neal type. And if so, good, because he's going to make a billion dollars. He's going to make a ton of money. Of course, LeBron James' personality is going to make a lot of money as well. Right now, we're watching the infancy of what we hope is going to be something that's going to make us pay attention to the NBA more than just who's in the top spot. Zion right now plays for a team that's out of the playoffs. Maybe that could change. But watching him, maybe you get exposed to some other people. Any chance, any eyeballs that are on him. And the thing about it is, these are eyeballs that aren't hoop heads. These are eyeballs that aren't necessarily scouring the athletic or scouring SI or scouring ESPN.com or anything else. Or listening to the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. These are eyeballs that will hear about Zion Williamson on the Today Show. Or Good Morning America. Maybe Michael Strahan will talk about it. Maybe even The View will talk about it. I mean, who knows? But Zion has crossover potential. And it's crossover potential that leads to superstardom of the highest order. And that's what we saw. We all paid attention. We all watched what he did in his first game. And if you didn't see the second game, you at least know that he was in there again and they took him out late in the fourth quarter again. He played about two minutes, two and a half minutes more than he played in his first game. 15.6 rebounds, a steal, and a block. Seven and nine from the field. Missed his only three. One of four from the line. I'm not going to say I told you so because his first game, he was four for four from three. But what did I tell you when I talked about flaws in his game? I didn't see any in John Morant's game. What flaws did I see in Zion's game? Poor free throw shooter. Doesn't have a consistent mid-range jumper. And his three, if he's going to shoot threes, looks like it's going to be a really streaky shot. Out of two games, I'm making that declaration. I'm saying that I'm right. I'm just kidding. I'm really not. But that backs up the Zion that I know. The one that didn't shoot very well at all from the free throw line. And basically scored everything within two feet of the rim. In college, he's not going to be able to do that in the pros. Although seven to nine is nothing to nothing to be particularly upset about. He's fifteen of twenty from the field in his first two games. Minimum of twenty attempts. That's the best field goal percentage according to Elias Sports Bureau. Best field goal percentage through two games in the shot clock era. That dates back to nineteen fifty four, fifty five, nineteen fifty five. Best known for what? That's right, Marty McFly back in time. 
So Zion is doing special stuff already. But the most special thing that he's doing is making people care about the NBA before the All-Star break. In a year where ratings have been down and questions have been asked. Issues have been raised as to what exactly is wrong here. I've told you before, the more games a sport has in its regular season, the less important I think it is to actually watch that regular season. Just in my own brain. It doesn't mean I can't talk myself into it. It just means that 182nd and 112th are different, meaning a college football season and an NBA season. Football might be a more entertaining sport for most of us or most people listening to this program anyway, but 82 games to me is too much. And when they say, well, we're going to back it up to 76 or 77, I say, how about you back it up to about 60 and then you're getting somewhere? We don't need the load management. We don't need the stars taking time off. Give them a couple of days between games. I don't think this will ever happen. But it's not five games that's making a problem here. It's like 20. Make these things feel like they're more urgent for the players on the floor. Because that's the common argument I get is the players don't care. And I remember, you know, even my dad used to tell me that when I was growing up. He's like, I don't watch the NBA regular season. Players don't even care until the playoffs. And sometimes when you're watching it, it's hard to disagree, especially when stars are taking themselves out of games an hour before they start. And they're trying to manage injuries from two years ago, fears over them or whatever. So they're just sitting out for time. So that's the only thing that you're worried about with Zion right now is you want to see more of him and the NBA needs more of him. But Alvin Gentry has to win games, but he doesn't need to win them now. He, his organization isn't expected to win them now. But they are expected. If they kept Zion out there and he got hurt again, what would be the chorus then? Let's just say it wouldn't be particularly positive. But I do have concerns about Zion. And I'll address those a little bit more when we come back on the flip side of this break. 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. If you got thoughts on Zion's view, you can also tweet me at jmartzone. We'll be right back. I am a little worried about the future for Zion Williamson. But it's not based on anything other than a feeling. Sometimes that can be dangerous. But I'll tell you what that is next. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. 
The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome back, folks. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Our Lady Peace. Love these guys. Yep. Me too. Always enjoy when this gets played. Christopher Federick, Roberts, Brian Fenley, Trifecta. They spend the Dodge Radio style for me out in Los Angeles. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. How you reach us if you want to hear something amazing? Hopefully, you'll find the next two and a half hours amazing. But Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically, and I promise that's amazing. No limit to how much they're going to match. Millions of people a year getting their cash back matched. It's Discover Cash Back Match. That's what it's called. The website is discover.com slash cashbackmatch. Check it out and check it out now. We're going to talk Antonio Brown a little bit later on in the show. There's some really bad, there's just bad commentary out there about AB on so many different ways. And there was, I didn't know where I was going to go with my own show yesterday, my, my local show in Nashville. And it turned out to be an hour on Antonio Brown. And I think some of that might be worth sharing again. So I'm going to go back over it for a lot of you who didn't hear it quite frankly and I think it'll be a different take than maybe you've heard but Zion Williamson is a different player than we've seen and it's good for the league because he's creating interest he's generating buzz but one of the reasons that I think John Moran has a better chance to have a longer career and a better career in the NBA is because and look he could turn his leg backwards and never be able to play again. But Zion's already got this knee problem. I'm not going to go back to the thing that happened to Duke. That was kind of a freak freak accident. Now, hopefully it doesn't you know, weaken him long-term or anything, but the knee concerns me a little bit. And the reason why is because the things that Zion does where he excels is this freakish athleticism. He's not seven feet tall. He's around, you know, six, seven, somewhere in that neighborhood, somewhere between 285 and 300 is probably going to be his playing weight. I'm not going to sit here and call him fat. That's, you know, something for somebody else, but it's, it's, it's heavier than a lot of players. And it's heavier for a guy that is expected to be that athletic and just bring ruckus towards the rim all the time and then have to land. That concerns me a little bit. Because it's going to put extra stress on his joints, on his knees, on his calves, on his ankles, all of that landing after the way he explodes towards the rim. It just worries me that we're not going to get to see a long career from Zion. We might even see sustained brilliance for half a decade, but that could be it. 
John Morant's the kind of player that, assuming he is going to continue along the pathway that he appears to already be doing, as Memphis is a really fun team to watch if you haven't been paying attention to them. Him and Jackson are fantastic to watch. But Ja could play at this level for 10, 15 years. Maybe he would lose a step along the way. But Zion, if his knees go and he's not able to explode the same way, he's not going to be the same player. And that's why I say he's got to develop that mid-range. He's got to develop that three-pointer. He's got to be better at the free-throw line. I would like him to have a little bit more Carl Malone in his game, just in terms of face up from 15, fall away, and good from the charity stripe. I mean, Duncan had the mid-range game. He wasn't great from the charity stripe, but just you can create longevity because those are plays that aren't just going to deteriorate. One of the reasons we thought Kevin Durant would probably be better off after he came back off his first injury was that a lot of his game was not exploding to the rim. Yeah, that was some of it, but he was also one of the greatest shooters the game has ever seen. And at his height, still nobody was going to get up and challenge his shot because his wingspan plus his height meant he was going to be taller than the defender almost every time, so he was going to have a clear path with his shot to the rim. But I'm thinking about Zion, and then I look at myself. Somebody that at once was, you know, 370 and is now 195, give or take. Running in a half marathon here in April in Nashville to benefit St. Jude's. You can find, if you tweet me at jmartzone or if you just follow me there, you can see updates on that and how you could be a part of it. And I'm not doing it, at least I hope I'm not doing it for pride or anything like that. I feel blessed. I feel like I was given a clean slate from a health perspective and then just everything changed in my brain, everything changed in my heart, and the things that used to give me joy no longer did in terms of the bad foods and that kind of stuff. And along with that came the ability to run for the first time in my life. And it was from 30 seconds at one point to maybe one minute every five, maybe two minutes every 10, then... And sustained. And then it was 20 minutes a day. And then it was 25. And then it was a 5K. Then it was a 6K. Then it was an 8K. And now it's going to be 13.1 miles. And the longest I've been able to go so far is 8.12, which I did last Friday. And then yesterday, my wife and I went 7.3. But I know after these runs just how much damage was done to my body before I started getting healthy, just based on how sore I am and how hard it is for me for the, you know, the hours after I make a run like that. And it makes me wonder, do I have, it's like, where am I going to get that extra four or five miles? I know I'll get there. I just, I trust, I trust in my foundation. I trust someone will get me through there. But it's tough, and I'm flat-footed on top of it. But all of that stress makes my knees feel a little bit rickety at times. Feels like I'm straining a hamstring here and there. I mean, I've got to be careful with my stretches, and I've got to vary up my workouts now as I'm trying to train to do this. And just, it's very, very difficult. It may have been easier if I had made the decision earlier. It's the same thing as... If you're out there right now and you've never been able to save money, right? 
and you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to start saving. You know, I'm going to spend for the next couple of years, then I'm going to start saving everything five years from now. That's real tough to start doing if you haven't kind of planted the seeds for it and disciplined yourself to do it. But there are activities that certain bodies just aren't nearly as prepared or adept to pull off on a consistent basis. I don't think I'm going to be a long-distance runner, folks. I think I'm going to run this marathon, this half marathon, and I'm going to hopefully glorify my Lord in the process for how far he has brought me and hopefully maybe raise some money. And then I'm going to go back to running three or four miles at a time because I don't want to not be able to walk in 20 years. A pro wrestling analogy for you quickly. I don't know if I was there or if it was one of my friends or colleagues in the business that was there for this conversation. I can't remember if I was actually in this locker room for this one or not. But you have guys now that are not even out of their 20s that are struggling big time health. And ones that have done this for even longer, they're in their 30s that are really, really struggling. And I'm not talking about those that died early because of a lot of painkillers and alcohol and just not taking care of themselves. This is just guys doing all sorts of things physically that didn't have to be done 20 and 30 years ago. And Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express, who is still wrestling now in his 60s, I believe. I remember him dancing in the back after a couple of guys went out and did a bunch of flips and flies and came back and looked like they could barely walk. Ricky Morton got up and danced and basically was just saying, look, you got to take care of yourself so you can do this at my age. Zion Williamson is playing a sport that's going to put a tremendous amount of stress, a tremendous amount of... It's going to put strain on him. And it puts strain on anybody. But the way his body is made up, it worries me. I'm not... I don't have a medical degree, so I can't tell you for sure. And somebody actually challenged me on this and said, well, I actually think it's the other way around. It's usually the tall, lanky guys... That's why Greg Oden got hurt. This dude's, you know, built up and he's strong, so he should be able to take it more. For some reason, I just don't see it that way. Because I look at his body and I say, okay, his body's meant to do this, but his game is predicated on something that people his size have never been able to do before. We've never seen this, ever. Not with somebody built the way he is. So it's either going to be unbelievable and we're never going to forget it and he's going to do it for a decade and a half and he's going to go down as one of the greatest players ever. Or we're going to probably point to this as the reason why he was a what-if instead of a all-time great. And maybe it's both. Maybe he's an all-time great, but there's still a what-if because it didn't go quite as long as some of the other guys. You had LeBron passing Kobe. LeBron's played a long time, and much of that, as you well know, has been injury-free. He's been one of the healthiest athletes we've ever seen, especially with how physically he plays. But I think he's more of a unicorn and an aberration just in terms of his health. I don't know how he's been able to pull that off. But that's what worries me about Zion. 
Yeah, his mid-range game and his free throw shooting and inconsistent from three, that does concern me a little bit as well. Little one-dimensional in that way. But he's also got unbelievable skills in so many ways that, that I think he can overcome that and hopefully get better at the few things he's not doing. But the injury thing's just something that might bite him. It might just, that might be, I don't want to call it an Achilles heel because it sounds so on the nose. It just, it worries me. That's as far as I'll take it. It concerns me, so I understand that the Pelicans are trying to be awfully careful here because he is the meal ticket and the golden goose for that franchise. Our golden goose, our meal ticket is Brian Finley. Let's head out to Los Angeles, chat with him real quick, find out what happened in the world of sports, B. Hey, what's going on, Jason? I was kind of talking or thinking about what you're saying about Zion and his ability to expand his game. How about the likes of maybe a transformation like Blake Griffin when he came in the league and all he could do was yes. dunk and all of a sudden the guy can consistently hit a 15-foot jump shot and you're like, where the heck did that come from? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I thought Blake Griffin was very, very limited and he worked and he got better and I think Zion has the basketball IQ and the desire and everything else. But he's been playing basketball, B, since he was three years old, I think it was. Three or four years old. Just think about how much athletics he has already endured. And I just look at it, and I'm worried about how long we're going to get to watch his brilliance. And certainly with LeBron James kind of building up his career, you wonder how long we'll see him. He had a record-breaking performance on Saturday, which overshadowed a Lakers loss, James surpassing Kobe Bryant for third on the NBA's all-time scoring list after the 76ers body slammed LeBron's Lakers 108-91. James, 29 points, and after the game, he commented on the role that Kobe has had in his life since a youngster. I went to ABCD camp, and he came and talked to all the all the all the kids that was there, and I happened to be one of the one of the kids that was there. And I remember one thing that he said: he was like, "If you want to try to be great at it, or want to be one of the greats, you got to put the work in." Meanwhile, the Thunder turned down the Timberwolves 113-104. The T-Wolves, nine straight losses, and Wolves, Shabazz Napier after the game having a hard time stomaching what's going on with this team, said, quote, losing's not me. It's not none of us. It's tough, man. It hurts. I mean, it really hurts. It hurts really bad. That's not an excuse. Uh, meanwhile, Kyrie Irving coming out of hibernation, scoring 45 points as the Nets thrashed the Pistons 121-111 in overtime. It's a riveting game right there, really. B. And here's the thing, Jason. Irving, after the game, he said when talking about his own performance, it was about time. Well, how about it's about time that he lives up to all the talk and he's not yeah. complaining and making excuses all the time about yeah, why everybody else Yeah, that's not going to happen, man. <laughs> exactly. It's not going to happen. He, I don't know what would make Kyrie Irving happy. I, I think that he is just perpetually trapped in this cycle where he's got to find something to whine about. It's very, very unfortunate. He's a great player, but I don't think you will ever win another championship with him as a centerpiece player. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He is impossible to please. And finally, Zach Levine, 44 points. As the Bulls flog the Cavs 118-106. And number two, Gonzaga emasculates Pacific 92-59. 13 straight wins for the Zags. As we send it back to Jason Martin and the Geico Fox Sports Studios. That vaunted Pacific team. (laughs) A lot of people worried they were going to catch Gonzaga sleeping. 
Yeah. Not so good. <laughs> Not so I didn't know. I didn't even know Baylor was number one until yesterday. They have won, I got to get back on it when it comes to college basketball. And they have won sixteen yeah, games in a row. And they outlept Gonzaga, who had the one spot. They are playing so good, are the Baylor Bears, and earning that number one spot. Well, they crushed Florida on Saturday. I saw a little bit of that ball game. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Crew, Chris, Eric, B. You guys think it's fair of me? I, I Like I said, I don't know. And so it's, and, and I'm not really even prognosticating. I'm just saying this is a worry of mine. This is a concern of mine. I'm trying to talk to the people, not at them. I'm saying... This is what I would be saying to you if you were sitting in front of me, if we were at a bar or hanging out or whatever like that, and we were talking about Zion, I'd say, yeah, but how long is he going to play? I'm a little bit worried about that. Is it fair of me to at least issue that concern that I'm worried that his body type mixed with that style is going to cause problems for a long time? I'm... I think it's a little unfair just because I believe in my heart that, like, I don't like the idea of guys being injury-prone. I don't think that's a thing. I think every time you're playing sports, especially when you're playing anything physical, your body can just, you're, you're just rolling the dice every time. That's why, like, I always push back when someone says in the NFL, oh, this guy is just injury-prone. It's like, no, it's just, he's just not lucky. Like, the best guys in the in the history of the NFL are just guys who are lucky. On the other hand, like I know guys who play physical in the NBA, it does take a toll after a little bit. Uh, LeBron James, kind of famously, he kind of had he tried to change up his game several times. He would always be the guy who would bang in the post. He would always be the guys who go hard and just really struggle con- to go for the contested shots, you know, up to the rim. And when he was in my, even as early as some of his last years with the Miami Heat, he was struggling. He was trying to add some outside shots just to try to take take it down a notch on the physical way he plays. So there there is some validity to it, but I think it's just so early in the career of Zion Williamson. I'm just I'm more of a mind that I just want to see more of him on the court right oh, now. Oh yeah. It was I I I am mostly annoyed with the Pelicans right now and a little bit with some broadcasters who then push back on this idea of it's like, okay, well they, you know, I, I I don't even remember what it was now. It was so, someone was saying like the Pelicans want to win, and that's why they have to keep Zion Williamson out. But then it's like okay, well if you keep Zion Williamson out, then they're losing games. But yeah, they want to win. But I guess the argument is they want to win I for the future. The road, but I I don't know. I I I I hate I hate that. I think just go for it now. You never know what the future is going to bring. And to your point there, if Zion does play physical, like as soon as you have him right now, just start running run him run him out there. Uh I I don't know how much I like this idea of minutes being limited because again, injuries are more about rolling the dice than anything. So, I don't think yeah. there's any strategy to minimize it. It's just if that's the way he's going to play, fine. It just maybe somewhere down the road. It won't be soon. But, you know, it'll be like five, six, seven years down the road. He'll start to feel it, maybe. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I know you ease him back in, but they had a chance to win that game in his debut, and it would have cost maybe four more minutes. Yeah, he could have gotten hurt in that four minutes. He also could have gotten hurt after the game walking to his car. Like, it could happen either way. Could have gotten hurt in the minutes he played. 
Right. I don't know that if you're going to play him that much, the extra four is going to make that much of a difference in terms of the wear and tear on his body. He was all-time hot. Like, it was unbelievable what he was doing at that point in time, and they took him out. And I, I understood it, and then at the same time, I was just like, really? On that kind of a hot streak? That's where it was. that it worried was, about that four minutes? Yeah, that's where it was, because now I remember now it was Jeff Van Gundy on the broadcast was saying at the end of the game, like, you want, you you know, you got to do what's best for your team to win. Okay, well, the best thing for your team to win in that game was to, keep Zion, to on, keep Zion on yeah, the floor. Like, they don't, they don't give playoff seeds to the 12th, to the 12th team in, in the West. Like, yeah, you got to win yeah. some games. I know people like to say that the regular season is meaningless, and that's probably true for the Clippers and the Lakers who have guys where they can just coast without their big stars because they'll keep winning games. The Pelicans aren't that kind of a team. They don't have that luxury. Yeah, no, I agree. And they're not bad enough either to tank and bottom out and get a second guy to play with Zion. Yep. No, I, I agree a million percent. We got to go to break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll talk a little bit more about this. I want to bring in Eric and maybe B as well into the discussion about Zion. Also coming up, Antonio Brown, a message that I need to heed as much as everybody else. We'll be right back. It's the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. A little better than Ezra finishing off the first hour. There you go. One of the best Saturday Night Live jokes of all time. Norm MacDonald, weekend update anchor at the time. The headline reads, Better than Ezra tops Billboard charts, number one. Number two, Ezra. Tremendous. And if you want to hear something amazing, Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limit to how much we'll match. 
Millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover Cashback Match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cashback match. Also, interesting aside, my wife's spin class, better than Ezra's drummer, is in the class. So there that's, you go. That's that's something. <laughs> didn't didn't see that one coming, did you? That's that's like uh that that sounds like an LA story, but you're in Nashville. Yeah, well, I, mean, I can I mean, see if you get some country here. guy. Well, I was gonna say you can see a country guy there, but better than Ezra. That's yeah. Well, well, I mean, there's a lot of folks. I mean, you know, Jack White. There's a lot of folks here now. Oh, yeah. the country, the country thing is still true to an extent, but it's also sort of we roll our eyes at it because there's a lot more now. Music's just kind of expanded here. The Foo Fighters came here for a while and working with Zach Brown and yeah, a lot of the music industry kind of shifted. Kind of, a lot of the music industry's kind of uplanded itself there. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's just a, it's just kind of become an it city for a lot of different things. So, my point about Zion Williamson quickly in this last like minute, minute and a half was just I worry about his longevity, not because he's going to eat himself out of the league, but because his playing weight, even if he's in shape, he's still the way he explodes and the way that the game that we saw him play at Duke, at least. I don't know how long his knees and his ankles and all that are going to hold up underneath that. You only have so many bumps in you in a pro wrestling ring. You only have so many jumps in you. You only have so many home runs. You only, you know, all of this time, like Father Time's eventually going to win. Zion Williamson's been playing ball since at least five might be the answer because I think maybe I read a story about him being worried his brother would be better than him because they had his brother out there when he was three. And it was all about specialized athletes and making sure you change up what you have your kids doing so that they don't get injured doing the same repetitive exercises. Hopefully Zion's doing some other things as well. But I think it's going to be a constant discussion point about him throughout his career is his health. I hope to be wrong. I hope he's healthy and we never have another problem and we get to watch him for the next 15, 20 years. I just look at his body and that playing style and say that match, we've never seen it, so maybe it is going to work, but it worries me. It concerns me. Luckily, I'm not Nostradamus, and I don't have Gray's sports almanac, so I can't predict the future. When we come back, a take on Antonio Brown that you haven't heard anywhere else. Second hour of the program of three. Glad to have you with us. Blessed to have you as a part of my audience. Jason Marcho here on Fox Sports Radio. Talked a lot to Zion in the first hour of the program. I have a feeling we're going to talk about a lot of Zion for years to come on this and every other program on Fox Sports Radio. We'll talk a lot of Super Bowl next week on this show. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more than 15% on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So there's a lot of takes on Antonio Brown. And... I've had several myself. The very first show I ever did as this show, the debut of the Jason Martin show, happened two hours after Antonio Brown was acquired by the Raiders. And there have been many takes that I've had about AB since. But I don't know that I've had this take until the last two days. And it came from here. I'm just going to read this directly from ESPN.com. 
The hearing was longer than normal and got contentious at times with back-and-forth arguments. Brown watched the proceedings from another room via teleconference while wearing an anti-suicide smock, a typical precautionary safety method used for high-profile suspects in custody. He largely remained quiet, except when addressed by the judge. Looking at a photo of this man with an anti-suicide smock on and thinking about where he was a year ago when my show debuted on Fox Sports Radio. I think it was in early March. I don't really even know how to fully grasp what has happened with Antonio Brown over the last nine, ten months. And it dates back further than that. I mean, it goes back to Pittsburgh and even goes back to college. There have been red flags on top of red flags on top of red flags with him for a long time, and I don't think we noticed it until the last few years, but we've noticed it now. And what did we do? Because this is what our country and our society seems to do. We run and we try to find a way to be clever and to be funny or to be prolific. And so we tweet out jokes or memes or clever quips in 280 characters about Antonio Brown because he's acting like a knucklehead and he's posting a video when he leaves the Raiders and all these many things are going on. And I say we because I posted... Antonio Brown next to a photo of Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleck and Joker as if they were the same person because yeah I had to be clever too I had to be too cool for school and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about it and I'm looking at this photo America loves and I think maybe the world but America because of TMZ and because of tabloids and the salaciousness that we deal with and the extremes and the fact that money is made through hatred, not unity in terms of what we see on social media most of the time. We love to see a fall. And I'm not talking about autumn. We love to see someone of prominence, someone of notoriety, fall down to earth. And I think it's our insecurity and our own ego and our own pride in the way. But we love to watch it come crashing down. And we will sit there and watch it for hours. We'll watch tragedy. We will watch torture porn on CBS like Criminal Minds and things like that. But we will watch the Casey Anthony trial or OJ for months or all of these various things. And I think in our own minds, we're just like, man, they're messed up. It makes us feel better about how broken we actually are. It's sad, but it's also human. So we got our jollies, and we poked fun at Antonio Brown, and we enabled this kind of behavior by giving it air. And he's someone that wants to be loved so desperately. If you watched Hard Knocks, you saw it. The times you saw Antonio Brown when it wasn't just the helmet, it was him reading a bunch of fan mail talking about how everybody loves A.B. 
It's him going to a high school football game in California and taking photos and just acting like the happiest man on earth. And even in Canada in a game he didn't even play in the preseason, taking photos of fans outside. He loves people that love him. He can't handle criticism at all. It's been easy for us to create content out of Antonio Brown's misery. And again, I say us because I'm one of them. And what I'm calling now, beginning with me and everybody listening right now, is that we stop this. Is that we recognize that we can be better than this. I can be better than this. I don't have to feed into this. I don't have to... It's not funny anymore, first of all. And maybe it never was. But here's somebody who seemingly had it all. And look at him. Think about where he is right now and where he was just a year ago. And how he was seen two and a half years ago. He's on the cover of Madden and he's the greatest wide receiver of the decade and everything else. And you start to realize how empty all of this actually turns out to be. If it weren't, we'd have a lot of a lot less celebrities getting caught up in excess and getting addicted to things and overdosing on things or suicides or all of these various problems. If money fixed it, if tangible goods fixed it, then we wouldn't see this, would we? But all we've done is built ourselves up for the benefit of a follower count or whatever else it might be and used Antonio Brown to that end. It's time to stop mocking A.B. It's time to stop poking fun or condemning A.B. It is time to root for Antonio Brown's life. It is time to root for the redemption story that, just like we don't mind watching a fall and get transfixed by it, we will be there for the redemption story as well. We've seen it over and over again in sports, in news, in everything. We will be there for the redemption story. And so what we've done over the last year and a half, but particularly the last 10 months or so, is we have pointed a finger at Antonio Brown. We said, look at this fool. Look at what he's done. Look at how he squandered everything. We've pointed an accusatory finger. In Antonio Brown's direction. And what I think maybe we need to do now. And if you are not in a car that is moving. If you can do this. If you're listening to me. If you'll indulge me for a second. Doesn't matter which hand or which arm you use. But just hold out your arm and point one finger. Directly out into space. That gesture 
and think about what that is when it's coming back towards you. But if you take that without bringing your arm down, if you take that finger that we've been pointing at Antonio Brown saying, look at this and look at you. If you take that hand, you take the other three fingers, extend them to meet that index finger that's already pointing and raise that thumb. You haven't moved anything else. Your arm is still up. Do you know what you've done? You've created a hand with which to try and help Antonio Brown out of the swamp that he may have created in the first place. Instead of pointing a finger, maybe we offer a hand and say, hey, bud, we're here for you. Instead of pointing, maybe we can carry him for a little while. And look, we're doing it from a distance, folks. 99.9% of the people listening and the people even as a part of this show will never meet Antonio Brown. The likelihood that he hears any words that I've ever said about him, probably not very good. That this message would reach him, probably not very good either. But if we just stop adding to this chorus, this cacophony, of negativity that is out there in the ether right now, then that's a good step. And maybe it'll help us the next time not to go down this same pathway. Antonio Brown absolutely does need help. When Drew Rosenhaus says, I want to keep representing him, but I told him I can't until he gets help. Drew Rosenhaus has represented some questionable characters and even he is saying this guy needs help it's not about the league providing it that's that's not what i'm talking about here we just need to root for this guy and in my case pray for him and ask for something to get through to him I had somebody call me when I mentioned part of this yesterday. Just a a phone caller that said he's beyond help. He has everything. And it rubbed me the wrong way because no, he doesn't. When you ultimately look at what he has, he's got nothing. He needs everything. And I'm not talking about rooting for him to play again in the National Football League, rooting for him to catch another pass. It's not about that. It's just about him getting a handle on his life, getting out of this, not being the hamster on the wheel anymore. And there's a good probability that he's someone that has not been told no very much in his life. And you see how he reacts to criticism. And he's probably been surrounded by people that really enjoy all the money that he has made and the fame that he has and what he could potentially do for them. And so whatever he says, they probably have enabled in their own way. I don't know. So this is speculation, hopefully not too reckless. But another thing to hope for when it comes to Antonio Brown is that people will be around him that will finally tell him, dude, 
I hate to see you like this. I hate to see it go this way. Think of all the blessings that you had. And how many of them seem to be going up in smoke. Your dreams, everything going away. And to my point about him having nothing rather than having everything. I believe that I have discussed this before on this show. But there is a book out there called The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. It was written by a man named Stephen Covey who passed away several years back. It's still seen as one of the great business and productivity and self-help books ever. And there is a page somewhere in the 90s, I believe. Not the 1990s, like page 90. Like if you were to go find it, this is where you'd find it. Somewhere in the 90s. Where it's asking, what if you passed away and you were attending your own funeral? What would you hope people would say about you that day in the conversations they were having in the room and when they were given an opportunity to speak during the service? What would you hope to hear people say about you? And we'll take a break and we'll come back on the other side and I'll tell you what the book suggests that's based on data and surveys and things of that nature because it's real interesting as you get older what those answers are compared to where you are as a younger person. And I think it will definitely make clear just how empty that basket is right now for Antonio Brown. I've been part of the chorus. I'm setting the microphone down. I'm rooting for Antonio Brown. I'm rooting for the man's life and for his family and for his future as a human being and a part of society that is able to recover this brokenness that seems to be around him. And it's easy to spot brokenness, folks. Because we see it every time we look in the mirror. I'm no better than anyone listening right now. I'm no better than Antonio Brown. I'm just in a position maybe where I recognize it. Maybe he hasn't recognized it yet. But he's not as alone as I bet he feels. But I'm rooting for AB. When we come back, I'll tell you what Stephen Covey says becomes important as you get older. We'll be right back. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Really underrated album, not just the song, Blind Melon, Shannon Hoon, who took his life, overdosed. But a great tune and no rain. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limit to how much they'll match. Millions of people a year getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. That's what it's called. What are you waiting for? Website discover.com slash cashback match. So we're talking about Antonio Brown. And people are hitting me up on Twitter at jmartzone. And Bubba talks to me and talks about the perfect hit screwing him up. And yeah, there is speculation that after that hit a few years ago that people in Pittsburgh sense a major change. And it may have, I'm sure it didn't help, but there were red flags with Antonio Brown dating back long before that that we didn't know about at the time, but you can go back and find. Like how quickly he was um, kicked out of college the first time he was in college, like three days or something like that. Like he has had issues before. No question this didn't make it any better. And if he's taken a bunch of hits to the head, then that's made it that much worse. But there are people that say, oh, he's thrown it away. He has everything. And before the break, I was talking about a Stephen Covey book called The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People that I think disproves the idea that he has much of anything. And when I look at the photo of him during his bond hearing, wearing an anti-suicide smock. The look on his face and the frown and his eyes just look like a defeated person who's lost. So different than the smiling, wide, Pittsburgh, jersey-wearing, you know, uniform-wearing dude on the cover of Madden just a year ago. What the the point of the book that I was referring to was there's a portion where it says if you attended your own funeral, what would you want people to say about you? 
the people getting up, the eulogy, and even the conversations in the room. They wouldn't know you were there, obviously. So what would you want to hear? And when you think about it and you write down your answers, that shows you, you know, what your heart cares for the most at that point in time and what's most important to you. And as you get older, the answers change. When you're younger, you're still trying to put everything into your life, the right car, the right spouse, the right house, the right bank account, the right college, the right degree, the right career, whatever it might be. In the back half of life, it sort of shifts. But what you tend to find out with people that have lived a little bit longer, have a little bit more experience, is their answers move from what's tangible to deeper thoughts instead of because think about it when you're buried you're not going to be buried with your lamborghini even if you have a lambo you might say oh i'm going to be buried with this toy you said that as a kid and now you don't even remember what that toy was maybe you will maybe there is something special that you will want with you in those moments but most of this stuff is is ultimately not going to be there And it's not going to be part of you. And it doesn't make you who you are. I hope you don't think otherwise. So how do people answer this question? Older folks, especially. They answer it in terms of this. If you think about it, I think this is the way you you would answer it. What they would want to hear at their memorial service are statements like man he really treated people well she always made a bad situation better he was so helpful she was such a good mother He was an unbelievable father. He was so present in their lives. It's legacy stuff. It's stuff that sticks around. It's stuff that changed other people's lives or just made them a little brighter. It's not, oh boy, he had a, rad car he had an unbelievable house man his bank account was stacked remember antonio brown had that instagram post with his with the money he had made all of this stuff if antonio brown were to attend his own memorial service today what would people say about him What would you have to say? I'm sure there are people he's treated very well in his life, but that doesn't seem to be the broad swath. That doesn't seem to be the most likely. If you can't have people saying some of those legacy things about you, then what do you really have? You have a lot of goods 
that you can't take with you. So I would be very cautious when you look at athletes and think they have it all. When you look at actors and actresses and think that they have it all. Because just as I said in the last segment, I'm no better than anybody listening. They're no better than me or any of you either. We're all broken. We're all in need of something. And that's why I think it is probably far past time to stop having fun with this story. And instead, just look at his life and hope that he's able to overcome this. Not demand anything of the National Football League. Not demand anything of this. Not say he's he needs to be in a mental institution or anything like that. I don't have a degree. Especially when it comes to mental health, I have no idea. I'm way out of my depth. I don't know. It seems like something is off. But... Until he's willing to accept help, it's not going to matter. So maybe first we need to root that he's ready to hear critique, which has been one of his biggest challenges. One of the biggest hurdles of his life is being able to handle somebody saying something unflattering about him. And it would be unflattering to say he's got this illness or that illness or whatever. I don't know. And maybe it is CTE. But at this point, I just hope he can find out and can just take one step in the right direction. There are times when we can still walk, but we can't. There are times when we are so overcome with something that even though our motor functions work, we just sit there. There are times when we need somebody to pick us up and carry us for a few miles until we say, hey, you know what? Thank you. I think I, think I can walk with you now. We have come to a place with Antonio Brown where I feel like He just needs people at a distance to root for him and not to feed into not just the negativity, but the attention-seeking side of this. And I know I've given him a lot of airtime here this hour, but I think it's important. And it begins with me. It begins with me making a decision that we can be better and we can do better than mocking someone who clearly is in a very dark place. It's not going to make us any better or any, it's not going to end up mattering in a positive way. Yeah, it might be funny. You might laugh at my tweet, but what's it really worth? So it was me, and it was everybody in sports media to some degree. And I look at him again. I'm looking at this shot. I just keep looking at it during this entire 
30 minutes or so that we've been talking about this. I just see this photo of him in this anti-suicide smock, and it makes me sad. It makes me stunned. And it gives me pause. I definitely got a lot of oxygen out of this story. But I'm going to let it go. And I hope the only time that we can talk about Antonio Brown going forward is either just to reiterate some facts or if there's updates in the story or to talk about positives that are happening in his life. There is still one negative we have not heard yet that I hope we never do, but I have been fearing for months. And we're just in a place where it seems like he has to feel isolated. He has to feel like everybody is out to get him, even if he loves the attention. It's just got to be a miserable existence for him, regardless of what he says or what face he's put on it at different times. This is a guy who recognizes that his life is shattered. And for us to watch the race for the crash anymore is abhorrent. Me at the start of the line. So let's root for Antonio Brown. Let's root for the redemption story. We've seen enough of the fall. Let's go out to Brian Finley out in Los Angeles, get a look at uh, what happened last night in sports, including a milestone for LeBron James. A milestone indeed, Jason, and we've got some live action in the Australian Open. Oh, yeah? Yeah. In Melbourne, fourth round will start in the men's bracket, and it is Tennis Sandgren, the American who is leading right now the number 12th seed in Fabio Fognini. In the fourth set, Sangren has a two sets to one lead after Fognini won a tiebreaker in the third. And so Sangren is up 5-4 in the fourth. They are on serve. Fognini will try to serve to stay in the match after they get back onto the court during this changeover. On the women's side of things, number one Ash Barty has been tested, but she is pulling away in the third set against American Allison Risk, up a break 4-1 in the fourth. LeBron James, as as Jason mentioned, making a humongous milestone after Saturday. He one-ups a legend. There's James, goes across the lane, lays it up, and lays it in. And there it is. He just became the third leading scorer in NBA history, passing Kobe Bryant. Another milestone for the great LeBron James. Mike Breen with ESPN on the call. James had 29 points. The Lakers do lose to the 76ers, 108-91. The Thunder tear apart the Timberwolves, 113-104. OKC's bench outscoring Minnesota's reserves, 52-20. The Timberwolves have lost nine in a row. Zach Levine, 44 points in a Bulls win over the Cavs, 118-106. Kyrie Irving pulling through with 45 as the Nets thrash the Pistons by 10 in overtime. In college basketball, number one, Baylor dominates Florida by 11. Bears winning their 16th straight. Gonzaga, the number two team in the land, 13 consecutive wins. After demoralizing Pacific, 92-69, fifth-ranked Florida State. 
survives Notre Dame 85-84. The Seminoles drilled 12 three-pointers, and Tiger Woods is five shots off the lead. Heading into the final round of the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines in La Jolla, California, John Rahm leading at 12-under. Woods has come back twice in PGA Tour events, going back from a five-shot deficit into a final round. So he has done that uh, twice in Pebble Beach in 2000 and the Memorial in 2012. So, Jason, it's it's not impossible for Tiger yeah. Woods to win this thing, but certainly it's not going to be easy. No, it's not, but it might actually make it more – if you can make a run early – then it might be a good rating in the afternoon, especially with not a great deal of awesome competition to watch. Tiger is one of those needle movers I let off the show talking about, like Zion Williamson. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Jason Martin Show here. I am Jay Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. Some of you corresponding with me now and talking about Antonio Brown. A lot of very good things that you guys are saying. Totally different story is this U.S. sports book that has Kyle Shanahan as a 100-1 to odd to blow another 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. That's kind of unbelievable. There's a whole lot of prop bets out there, and I always get emailed actually from a couple of sports books and say, hey, if you want to create your own bets, here's how you do it. I don't gamble. Um, I do like to look sometimes at the lines, or I'd like to look at. I like to look at it just to determine where I think Vegas believes the game is going to go. But some of the prop betting for the Super Bowl is preposterous. But Kyle Shanahan, that poor guy. Imagine if twenty-eight to three happened again. I I don't think it's going to. He'd better hope it doesn't. I can't even imagine. I mean, there's still the 3-1 people that go after Golden State fans even now. It's nuts. So we lost the lead, obviously, to the Patriots when he was the OC in Atlanta. 28-3. 100-1 is... I would have thought those odds would have been worse. Like, I thought we might have been looking at 1,000-1 or something like that. I mean, 28-3 and blowing that lead again... I know the Chiefs can score a lot, so maybe you look at it and say, well, I mean, they scored 51-7, to outscored the Texans 51-7, to and blew them out by 20 after falling behind by over three touchdowns in that game. So maybe it's 100-1 because it's the Chiefs. But historically, Super Bowls have won by the better defense, and I'm pretty sure that belongs to the San Francisco 49ers. Call me crazy! But watching what they did to the Vikings and the Packers, with all due respect to those people that are talking about Aaron Rodgers having a great game because he went 31 of 39 in that game, the ultimate garbage time game after he turned the ball over, I think it was three times in the first half and looked dreadful, couldn't do anything against that defense. I mean, Mahomes is a cheat code. Yes, he could just call himself Patrick up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, B-A, select, start, and get his 30 lives. But the San Francisco defense, if it's 28-3 to Niners, I feel pretty good about my chances if I'm a San Francisco fan. If I'm a Niners fan and it's 28-3, to I'm going to feel pretty good unless it's the first quarter. But even if it is, 
That defense is unbelievable. But 100 to 1, that's fun. It really is. We're going to break down the Super Bowl like crazy a week from today. Not really spending a lot of time on that. We're going to get into Eli Manning to open up a third hour because, of course, we are. It's been a wild and wacky story, to say the least. We've talked a lot of Antonio Brown and we talked some Zion Williamson on this show because we have to. We come back, let's talk a little LeBron James, though. LeBron and Kobe and that argument and LeBron now the third leading scorer in NBA history, which helps when he's been as healthy as he's been and because he's been one of the greatest players the game has ever seen. Interesting take that I heard from a couple of different people earlier this week, though, and and I kind of agree. When I see him in a Lakers uniform, just doesn't look right, does it? We'll be right back. It's the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Finishing off hour number two with a little cracker coming back. If you want to hear something amazing, here it is. It's Discover. Actually, I'm a big Cracker fan, too, so it's Cracker, too. But it's Discover. They match all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically. There's no limit to how much they're going to match. Millions of people a year are already taking advantage of this. It's called Discover Cashback Match. And the website is discover.com slash cashbackmatch. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jay Mart. Do the show out of Nashville, Tennessee. On Twitter at jmartzone. LeBron James, third leading scorer in NBA history, passed Kobe Bryant in a loss to the Philadelphia 76ers on the road, 108-91 on Saturday night. He needed 18 points to do it. He scored 29. This is not going to be me talking about how great LeBron James is. It's also not going to be me talking about how LeBron's better than Kobe or whatever. 
you've heard some of that this week, and that's fine. I do look at LeBron James's career differently because he's been sort of a, and he's been the guy behind it. He's been sort of the one that's made it this way, but he's become sort of a poster child for the new NBA in terms of how he's moved around. He's been successful everywhere. He might be winning a championship this year in L.A. Certainly going to have a great opportunity to do it. Already brought one to Cleveland. Already brought multiple championships to Miami along with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and Ray Allen and that crew. When I see him in a Lakers uniform, I think it was Cowherd that I that said this earlier this week, and I would agree. It doesn't look right. I don't think of LeBron James Laker. I kind of think LeBron James Heat, but generally I think of Calf because he was tied so much to Ohio. It's where he was when he was first drafted and when they were terrible and they went against the Spurs and it was just, you saw how great LeBron was going to be right there. But they had nobody else on that team, really, to speak of. And they got trounced, but LeBron was still showing out. And even when he left after, I guess it was Orlando beat them in the postseason, and Boston beat him in the postseason, he went to Miami. And he went to Miami and he won. And yeah, he was a member of the Heat at that point. But I mean, when you think of LeBron James, what's the jersey you really think of? What's the team that you really think of? It's the Cavs. And for me, it's not even like Kyrie and Kevin Love Cavs. It's the Cavs he didn't win with. It's like the Mo Williams, even like Zildrunas Ilgauskas, like those guys. It is odd. Like, every time I watch the Lakers game, I mean, this ain't even his first year. He did this last year, too, and it still just feels like it's, you're watching him in a foreign land or something. Like, he's got a passport, and that's why he's in L.A. I mean, we know why he's in L.A. It's interesting that he broke these rec- this record in this jersey. It just seems like all the things that mattered in his career wouldn't have come in this, but it's just not the way it's going to be. It's also fitting with the Kobe story and all. I mean, it's made for it with Kobe and him and and all this. But Kobe was L.A. Like, you're never going to think of anything with Kobe Bryant but a Lakers jersey. Whether it's 8 or 24, you're going to think of that. And LeBron paid homage to him because he knows how great Kobe is. Kobe's a top 10 player all time. Maybe even a little higher on that list, depending on how you feel about him. And he said, I'm happy just to be in any conversation with Kobe being Bryant, one of the all-time greatest players to ever play, one of the all-time greatest Lakers. Is LeBron going to be one of the great Lakers because he's LeBron James? Like, if he wins a championship there, does he go down as a great Laker? How long would he have to play for L.A. before you would say he's a great Laker? Because I'm never going to see him as a Laker. That's why I didn't want to see him go there. I understood why he did it. But I didn't want to see him go there because I didn't think that was going to actually add to his legacy in any way. When we come back, Eli Manning's legacy. Hall of Fame, we'll see. Final hour of the program here this morning. Happy Sunday to you. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. My name, you guessed it, Jason Martin. On Twitter at jmartzone. Eric, Chris, and Brian, trifecta spinning the Dodge Radio style for me out in Los Angeles. Doing a great job. Eli Manning, 
I guess you know where I'm going here. Hall of Fame or not Hall of Fame? I could make it real simple, but that wouldn't be great for radio. 2004 at age 23, his first year in the league. Seven starts in nine games, one and six. I'm not pointing that out like, oh, he's one and six. A lot of quarterbacks were terrible in their first year. But when I look at Eli Manning and the question about is he a Hall of Famer comes up, the answer is no. I guess I did just make it simple. I've got a pretty easy metric here. At any point, do you think Eli Manning was a top five quarterback in the NFL? Like if you were listing your top five, would Eli have been in your top five for a full season, even once? I mean, he played for 16 years. Maybe he gets in that five once. I don't know. I don't think he gets in mine. I think you have to be in that list more than once out of 16 years to feel like you've had a Hall of Fame career. It's not a longevity award. He started every game for 16 years in a row. Basically. Never missed a start due to injury. The second criteria is if you have to ask the question and the answer is not an immediate yes, then it's a no. It should be. There should be a hall of honorable mention, a hall of very good. And Hall of Fames have different criteria. And maybe you have a different criteria for what you think a Hall of Famer is. But here's the numbers. In his 234 starts, he's 117 and 117. This just regular season, of course. 60% completions, 57,000 yards. 366 touchdowns, 244 interceptions. That doesn't scream anything particularly great to me, but it's not terrible. It's all It all comes down to this. He won two Super Bowls, and he was the MVP of both those games. If Wes Welker doesn't drop a pass from Tom Brady in the second one, he's probably not the MVP in the second game, and he probably only has one win. If David Tyree doesn't make one of the most improbable catches in the history of football, he doesn't either. Even after the brilliant throw he made to Mario Manningham on the same drive in the first Super Bowl they played against the Patriots. 27 comebacks, 37 game-winning drives. A lot of yards. Good amount of wins. But, and I was talking earlier about how I'm training for the half marathon. One of the things I do on a treadmill on a regular basis is run rolling hills. And maybe you know what I'm talking about if you do the same. But it just simulates rolling hills with the incline. It goes from like a 1% to a 2 to a 4 to a 5 grade and then back to a 4 and a 2 to a 1. And then depending on what your level is, then those numbers all are higher. But you're going up and you're going down. That's Eli Manning to me. He's rolling hills. In 2004, the one and six. We can throw that out, okay? 2005, 11 and five. Nice. Then he's eight and eight. Then he's 10 and six and 12 and four. Then he's eight and eight again. The 12 and four was the Super Bowl year. Then he's 10 and six. 
Then he wins one of the nine and seven years he wins the Super Bowl. Then it's seven and nine, six and ten, six and ten, and eleven and five, then three and twelve, five and eleven, and now the one and three that just ended. It's rolling hills. It ain't bad, but it's inconsistent, and it's never elite. Maybe the 12-4 and four year, you can argue, was an elite year, but he was still just at 60% completions then. He only threw 21 touchdowns that season. That's another stat that kind of jumps out to you when you look at it. His touchdowns in a regular season. His high was 35 in 2015. Other than that, he only threw 31 and 30, and everything else was under 30 touchdowns a year. A lot of them were below 26. Two in the single digits. Those were the first and last. We'll throw those out. A 21 in the year. The year that they won the Super Bowl, he threw 21 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. The first Super Bowl, the 2008 game. 21 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. 60% completions. Played all the games. They were 12-4. and So they won. He averaged throwing 202 yards a game that season. The lowest total of his entire career. Other than the first year, of course. Does that stand out to you? Seems to me like they were winning with other things. So it comes down to how much you value two Super Bowl MVPs and how much you credit Eli with those two performances. I think there is a hall of honorable mention. There is a hall of very good in our own brains. And there are a lot of guys that inhabit that land. There are people in the hall of fame that you don't think are hall of famers right now that you could tell me. But usually hall of fame should just be something that when you hear the word hall of fame or you hear the guy's name, it's like Joe, Joe Montana hall of fame. Of course, John Elway, of course. Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, of course. He's only won one Super Bowl, folks. But is it even close? Do you even have to think about it? Aaron Rodgers has only won one. Is he not a Hall of Famer? I mean, think about it. But when you say Eli Manning, how quickly do you say, of course? And if there is hesitation, because you need to debate it, then the answer should be no. Hall of Fame should be reserved for a no-brainer. Now let me make my case further. 117 and 117 is his career record in the regular season. That's the second most in league history, only trailing Vinny Testaverde. Two hundred forty-four career interceptions, lost fifty-six fumbles, three hundred turnovers in his career. Sixty point three completion percentage for his career was not great. But how about this? INTs. Eight seasons, he threw at least 15 picks. Three, he threw at least 20. Never considered, according to one article I read, even a top 10 quarterback in the league throughout his career was seen as overwhelmingly average, which 117 and 117 would indicate that. Here's the stat that to me ends the debate. This is the one where you see this and you're just like, with all the other things that aren't on his side, 
this is the one that dooms his case. And by the way, he will get into the Hall of Fame. I don't think there's any doubt. It may take some time. I don't know that he's going to get in on the first ballot. Matter of fact, I think he will not. But eventually, he's going to get in. And he may be a Hall of Fame person. It seems like he was great to be around. You don't find a whole lot of people that say negative things about him. But here is the stat. This is the one, folks. Eli Manning started playing football in 2004 in the pros. Okay? He just retired on Friday. So 16 seasons in the league. In those 16 seasons, do you know how many times Eli Manning and the Giants team that he quarterbacked reached the postseason? The answer is six. Only six of his 16 years did they even make the playoffs. And of those six, four of them were one-and-done appearances. You know what the other two were? Super Bowl victories over the New England Patriots. In his four elimination games, three touchdowns, seven interceptions, 185 yards average per game. Six out of 16 seasons, he makes the playoffs. Four, he's one and done, and he's terrible in those games, contributing to those losses. He turned the football over a ton throughout his career, but the fact that he didn't even make the playoffs even close to 50% of the time he was in the league. To me, I don't care. I think you you can overrate Super Bowls. You can overrate MVPs of Super Bowls. I was looking at this when I was first trying to kind of make some decisions about how to approach this story. Let's just look at 2000 through 2019. Your Super Bowl MVPs. Kurt Warner, I know some people discuss it. For some reason, when I hear Kurt Warner, I think Hall of Famer. Ray Lewis, yes. Tom Brady, yes. And he was there, of course, four-time MVP. Dexter Jackson. Hmm. Perhaps. Deion Branch, certainly not. Heinz Ward, that's up to you. Peyton, obviously. Santonio Holmes, definitely not. Drew Brees, obviously. Aaron Rodgers, obviously. That was their only Super Bowl. Joe Flacco, no. Malcolm Smith, eh, probably not. Tom Brady, uh, we already went through that. Von Miller, yes. Nick Foles, a quarterback who won an MVP who beat Tom Brady and did it by throwing for a ton of yards and catching a touchdown pass, and all the legend, the legends that went past and the legacies that he accomplished in that game, certainly he is not a Hall of Famer. And Julian Edelman, not a Hall of Famer. Just because you're a Super Bowl MVP, now, yeah, you can say, well, he was a multiple Super Bowl MVP. Yes, he was, 2008 and 2012, in the only two playoff seasons where he won a game in the postseason. 
I hate to say it because I really like Eli Manning, but Eli Manning's the very definition of just kind of there. That's how it was. Like, you saw him play, and you're like, yeah, he could beat you. He could also not beat you. And he could look very bad in doing so. He did have some highs. 12-4 and four is a high. Two Super Bowl MVPs, that's highs. But he has some valleys, bro. And this last stretch of game, stretch of seasons has not been particularly astute to his career. Hasn't really buttressed his case very much. I just look at, if you're going to be in the Hall of Fame, you've got to be better than average by every metric. Not just in numbers. But even the eye test doesn't say Hall of Fame. Never did I watch that guy and think he's elite. If I can't put the word elite, sorry, I know this is the Joe Flacco argument, but if I can't put the word elite by your name, I don't think you're a Hall of Famer. It's a subjective award anyway. There's not like a a criteria where, oh, well, if you've done this, you're clearly in the Hall of Fame. But some people seem to believe that it's a Super Bowl award, but it's not. I mean, Peyton Manning did win two Super Bowls, and one of them he was the MVP, and the second one... They did it through the defense, terrorizing Cam Newton. It really wasn't on Peyton Manning. I mean, Brock Osweiler played during that season with Denver. Eli has an extra MVP than his brother does in a Super Bowl. But I don't even think it's close as to who's the better quarterback, who was the one that scared people. Which teams were afraid of playing against Eli Manning, especially during the regular season? But even, I mean, when they got to the playoffs, they caused damage that always became a narrative. Ooh, they're dangerous when they get there. Right, because they didn't get there very often. Six out of his 16 years. That, to me, is not good enough. It's good enough to be called a... Look, he had a, a wonderful career. He won Super Bowls. He'll go down and lure for the Giants. But never did I think he was elite... The last time, you know when the last time I thought Eli Manning seemed potentially elite was? Uh, when he was playing in the Southeastern Conference. We'll be right back. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome back. Hope you're well. We're good. It's Jason Mart Show on Fox Sports Radio coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by Geico. No football other than the Pro Bowl today, and we'll talk about that in a second. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer is what we're talking about, at least what we let off this hour talking about. John tweets me and says, not an Eli fan, but he is Hall of Fame. I will argue Hall of Fame is for guys you can't tell history without. He beat Brady two times head-to-head, stopped a 19-0 season. Imagine New England without those two losses. I, it's sort of like, I sort of like that criteria, except that I mean, you can't tell the history of the NFL without Malcolm Butler making the interception in the end zone that kept the Seahawks from beating the Patriots. So is Malcolm Butler a Hall of Famer? Like, you can point to a lot of moments that you couldn't tell NFL history without that don't necessarily mean Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah, these are two Super Bowl wins. Eli made the playoffs six out of 16 times, and four of those six were one-and-dones where he averaged 185 yards through three touchdowns and seven picks. And in the other 10 years, they didn't make the playoffs. So I, I just... I have to sit here and make a case for why he's in the Hall of Fame, which to me tell is enough to say he's not. Let's bring in the crew, at least for a second, and then get their thoughts on this. Chris and Eric and, and B, if you're near a microphone as well. Is Eli a Hall of Famer to you? I, I hear 6 of 16 playoffs, 4 of 6 out first, and never did my eyes tell me I was watching an elite player. And I say, that's just not somebody I could vote for. I feel like he will eventually get in. Do I think yes. he deserves to get in? Probably not. I think him beating Tom Brady will be the crutch that gets him in, and luckily he beat Tom Brady those two times. I think if he beats two other QBs, you know, some rando on another team, it would be a little harder for them to defend him getting in. I mean, it, the dude's a 500 quarterback. He barely, he barely squeaked out to get that, you know, to get that record even at the very tail end of his career. Um but yeah, like you said, telling the story of football, so should Tyree be in, in, in the Hall of Fame? He made right. the catch. You know, sure, Eli threw it, but he made the circus catch. If, if He evaded the sack to get the throw, but, you know, that doesn't help. That doesn't happen without the circus catch on the helmet at the other end of the throw. So I think, you know, the, the argument will definitely be, well, he beat Tom Brady twice, the greatest of all time to ever throw football, whatever. Luckily, yeah, so he, did Nick luckily, Foles. Yes, luckily he beat Tom Brady. You know, if he just beat... Some other random guy on another random, you know, AFC team. It'll be a lot harder for that for people to justify it. But you know, you got to think about who was on those teams that beat Tom Brady. You know, what went into it. Justin Tuck was a monster. Pierre Paul was a monster. You know, there's so many other outliers that need to go into it just besides Eli Manning and a circus catch. You know, late in a game. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's the other thing. And we'll get to Chris. Is he beat Brady two times head to head? No, he didn't. They weren't lined up against one another. They were playing against different teams. 
Yeah, Brady was I didn't know this was a track meet, you know? Like, yeah, yeah right. Like, it's uh, not, this doing? ain't Steph Curry guarding Russell Westbrook. You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't one-on-one. The head-to-head thing, when Aaron Rodgers plays against Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers win, it doesn't mean Jimmy G's a better player than Aaron Rodgers. They're not head-to-head. That's a, that's a, that's always driven me nuts. Oh, it's this big quarterback matchup. I mean, yeah, except not really because it doesn't work that way. This is something I think is going to be a generational divide, and I think a lot of it is going to center on Eli Manning because I know a lot of my younger guys who I have either written with or I'm friends with on Twitter – this is going to be a point of concern because, again, they don't see the game as quarterbacks lining up against each other. They don't see a quarterback duel. They don't see these things. And to them, what they look at Eli Manning, what do they see? They see a guy who is inefficient with his career, who is barely fi- who's barely 500. Quarterback wins aren't a real stat for them. So right. they don't even see 500 as his record. They look completely at, well, how well did you play? And for and – for, Eli Manning to get hot in a couple of playoff series, that's the same claim to fame as Joe Flacco. Like, that's yes. it. He was just in the right place at the right time and won the right game. But as far as being a consistent talent throughout your career, there are major marks against him. And if you want to put him in the Hall of Fame, I mean, that's fine. The Hall of Fame has to be an entertaining product like everything else first and foremost. People have to want to go to the Hall of Fame to see the busts or the history of the sport. However you want to dress it up. Is the Hall of Fame for the best people? Players, statistically, is it for the story of the sport? I don't know. That is subjective. But I think for a lot of the younger guys who I talk to, they're going to look at it and say, say, Eli Manning wasn't efficient. He wasn't good in 90% of his games. And he's not going to be in the. Uh, he doesn't belong in a hall of. Hey, these are the stats and the guys that we that we idolize. So is he in your Hall of Fame? No, I I, <laughs> I have a bias against New York sports, though. As someone who grew up in the Midwest and was tired of hearing about New York sports constantly, I think if Eli Manning wasn't w- playing for the New York Giants, he'd done this with the San Diego Chargers. We would not say Hall of Fame. Right, we'll see. All right, now there, there's exactly where I want to go. If you could only put one in, would it be Eli or would it be Philip Rivers? Because I think Philip Rivers is the is the quarterback that would scare me between the two if I was playing against them. I would be more fascinated to see the alternate universe where Philip Rivers stayed was in, in a York, Giants uniform, in a Giants yes. u- uniform with that Giants defense around him. He'd win, he'd probably win both games as Eli Manning, maybe more. Oh, he would definitely, I think, have taken the team to the playoffs more than six out of 16 years. And that's my most damning uh, argument against Eli Manning right there. Because he, because oh, Philip Rivers, people are going to hem and haw and put him and say, well, Philip Rivers, he's not Hall of Fame. He's just Hall of Very Good. Yeah, so is Eli. I yeah. think they're both. I, I, look, I think Philip Rivers is a better player than Eli Manning. I do. And I think he would have been more successful in terms of his playoff success and all that kind of stuff, if he had stayed in New York, the Chargers just seemed to be cursed in a lot of respects and never had a real fan base or not a, not a large one. No offense to those that love them. But I think that's, I, I think that's it right there in a nutshell. Eli just, he never struck fear in anybody. And just the idea of how average he was, it just, you can't be this average and be in the Hall of Fame. And you can't compare him to Elway's stats and all these other guys that seem to have similar stats and all this kind of stuff. There are very different 
it's just different. It's just different. Like even I in, just even look at losses, you just know. Even in losses, Philip Rivers. I mean, outside of this year and maybe like last year, even in losses, Philip Rivers is gonna still gonna put up five hundred and three touchdowns on you. You know, he's still yeah, gonna give his guy yeah. a punching chance. You know, you couldn't say that every Sunday Eli was gonna give you those numbers. Philip Rivers, he might be a, a gunslinger and he might throw a pick or two, but he was gonna put up three, four hundred yards and give you three touchdowns. Yes, and look. I think they probably maybe they'll both get into the Hall of Fame, and I, I mean I would vote for Rivers over Manning just in terms of what I watched in my eyes. But you could also make the argument that Rivers was never top five at his position, but we still think Rivers was a better player than Eli. So how in the hell can you put Eli in the Hall of Fame? Like it just doesn't. How much do you want to water down your Hall of Fame? Yeah, Just I wouldn't because put either. of Super Bowl wins. I mean, we can talk about quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls, but it's easy. He beat Tom Brady, yes, except he didn't play against Tom Brady. And we seen. I mean, how many quarterbacks have we seen win Super Bowls that are nowhere near Hall of Famers? I mean, Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson, and Joe Flacco. I mean, the list goes on. Flacco, yeah. The list. There's a list. There's a pretty good Nick Foles. There's a pretty good list, even in recent years, of guys that have not gotten that job done. Uh, even though they've won the big game, because ultimately it is just one game. Yeah, we put a lot of emphasis on it, and it's important that you win it. It's awesome that Eli's won too, and he's got a great story, and he, his career has been fun to watch, but nothing about that guy stands out. Nothing whatsoever. Like I don't understand why those people that just seem to think that, oh, you must put him in. I, I don't know where that where that logic is coming from it just it baffles me it baffles me very similar to this thing that's going to take place at 3 p.m eastern time today called the pro bowl um i don't know why this exists well no i know why it exists but it shouldn't exist it's a Half-speed game, which can sometimes be a problem. Doesn't seem like we've seen a lot of injuries come out of it in recent years. But you're having a lot of people not play in it. It obviously is an exhibition and is played after the season or pretty much. I mean, there's one game left. Those guys are not going to take part in it. It's just more football, and it's going to exist for a long time probably because it rates pretty well. A lot of people are going to watch it, but I don't understand why. All you have to do, folks, is name a Pro Bowl team. Here are your Pro Bowlers for the year 2020. At quarterback from the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. At running back from the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry. From the Carolina Panthers, Christian McCaffrey. Same thing as an all-pro team. I mean, the all-pro team already exists. It needs to just be an honor. And if you want to have like the skill stuff over the weekend or whatever and have some fun the week before the Super Bowl, you can do that. But the all-star game for football has never made any sense to me. People say, ooh, but it gets kind of, they get excited about it in the fourth quarter. Do they? Do they really? Oh, it gets exciting. They, they really want to win. Okay. I'm probably not watching it by that point. I'm going to tell you how much of it I'm going to watch today. The same amount I watched last year or the year before. None. The Royal Rumbles tonight, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch the back of my eyelids because I haven't slept in over 24 hours. 
And other than that, I'm not going to watch very much when it comes to the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is, I would, I would rather watch the MTV Rock and Jock B Ball Jam or something like that than I would the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl and the ESPYS are the two things that least need to exist in our sports landscape. All Star Games, there are problems with All Star Games across the board, just in terms of the interest level the ratings on all these games have dropped even though the pro bowls have the pro bowls is still dropping but it's still so high that you can't imagine it ever being taken away but who's the last person that you met that's like jacked to the gills because the pro bowl is this afternoon when's the last time you were excited about it? last time i think i cared about it i was like single digits 10, 11 years old, didn't know better, just wanted to see all the stars out there. And maybe the kids still get a kick out of this. I don't know. No. To me, I, it's a complete waste of time. Chris? No. they. I, I've talked with enough people. They they barely even know this game exists. Last time I remember, uh, even the first time and I, I knew the Pro Bowl was a thing, I didn't even, I was kind of a latecomer to football. The first time I learned Pro Bowl was a thing was when I was playing uh, Madden with uh, yeah. Ladanian Tomlinson on the cover. And all of a sudden, at the end of the season, I go to this extra game at the end of the season called the Pro Bowl. I'm like, what is this? Wait. Oh, oh, there's there's this in Hawaii? Oh, okay. And that was the last, yeah. first and last time I thought about the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl has gotten exactly two great moments in its history. Brian Mormon getting blown up by the late, great Sean Taylor and Peyton Manning talking about Mike Vanderjacked. Talking about his idiot kicker getting lubed up, getting drunk. Those are the two moments that I remember at all from the Pro Bowl. Other than that, it is guys trying not to get hurt, two-man touch, and a trip that they don't even really want to make anymore because a lot of years now it's not even in Hawaii. At least you got a trip to Hawaii before. I mean, nobody's like clamoring in the NFL to like go to Orlando, for example. I feel like they haven't even gotten the skills part of it down yet either. They they've yeah. tried this weird gimmicky stuff, and I I had it on briefly yesterday, and it's or the day before yesterday. Now it's and they can't even fill up like a ballpark filled diamond to watch these weird dodgeball accuracy contests. I mean, at least you know home run derby packed house, skills right. competition, NHL sold out arena. You know, dunk contests, NBA, sold out arena, gimmicky stuff, but they still get people to come in and at least watch this, uh, you know, skill stuff. They can't even get this stuff filled out in like an Orlando baseball field on Disney's campus down there for some reason. And now this is the NFL. Yeah. Now with the way people are critiquing Lamar Jackson for not showing up for a skills contest. Like yeah, what? What kind of what kind of message are we sending to guys here? Is like, hey, if you do the skills contest, we'll uh, we'll spout hot takes on you. So weird how it's like NFL's king, but it's just we we can't grasp. Like, uh, it's just it's a it's a weird conundrum. The NFL Pro Bowl it really is. Yeah, like I said, it makes a little bit of money and it does ratings, so it's not going to go anywhere. But what's the value of it? None. The only thing that will get it completely taken away is if nobody was watching, which. I would encourage, but it's not going to happen. Or a fleet of injuries. It wouldn't even be one. Like, if there's one freak injury to a star and it ends his career, it might open up questions, but it's still not going to change anything. Like, there's still money involved, so they're probably going to continue to do exactly what they're doing. But, again, it's at 3 p.m. this afternoon. I would advise, I don't know, doing anything else. If you haven't watched The Outsider, 
uh, check that out on HBO. Go back and binge Succession or you know, watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix. Not first if you're looking for something uplifting. First episode of Picard was really good. If you like oh, Star yeah. Trek. I, I haven't actually gotten to see that yet. Um, I have heard good things. I'm actually looking forward to checking that out myself. Let's go to Brian Finley real quick. Get uh, one more look at the latest in sports. B, you going to be watching the Pro Bowl today? I, I, You know what I wish they would do, what, I, what I wish they would do, Jason, is they would move the Puppy Bowl from Super Bowl Sunday and have it compete with the Pro Bowl. I think they would actually make more money. I don't know why the TV executives Corgi Bowl. are. Yeah, exactly. Also wanted to bring up the point that you guys were talking about, about Rivers and, and Manning yeah, yeah. and who deserves to be in you know the Hall of Fame. If you're looking at stats, I get it. You can go with Rivers, but the guy doesn't show up in the playoffs. And, and I'm a long-suffering San Diego Chargers fan before they moved to Los Angeles. Never heard of them. <laughs> so, go Broncos. Here's the thing. And then I heard Chris talk about, well, if he's in a Giants, uni- Giants uniform, then he's automatically or it helps his case. If you're in a Steelers uniform, you could be Geno Smith and make the Hall of Fame, by the way. I, I think that that's the case. And hmm. I-, I will put Eli over Phillip Rivers because Eli is Jameis Winston with nine kids. I mean, that's basically what it looks like. But I want to get into some Australian Open and fourth-round action is going on right now. Roger Federer is trying to go up a break here as he is in the midst of his fourth-round match with Martin Fucevic, and that is going on right now. Fucevic has just made himself go back on serve, so it is 4-3 in the opening set. Also in men's fourth-round play, American Tennis Sandgren with a four-set beatdown of Fabio Fognini. Women's fourth-round, number one Ash Barty advancing to the quarterfinals after taking down American Allison Risk. In three sets, LeBron James climbing to third in the NBA's all-time scoring list, moving past Kobe Bryant. James had 29 points in that Lakers loss, 108-91, the final score to the 76ers. Thunder winner over the T-Wolves, 113-104. OKC has won five in a row. Minnesota has lost nine in a row. In college basketball, number one, Baylor coming back and rallying to beat Florida, 72-61. Gonzaga, the number two team in the land, disgraces Pacific, 92-59, or 92-69, I should say. Fifth-ranked Florida State holding off Notre Dame by one point. And Tiger Woods, five shots off the lead, heading into the final round of the Farmer Insurance Open from Torrey Pines as we send it back to Jason Martin in the Geico Fox Sports Studios. There was something you said. What was it you said right off the top? Which you part? were talking about, uh, Jameis Winston. You were talking about you. You said oh. Eli, but I think you meant Philip Rivers, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that you know, Philip Rivers is, is Jameis Winston. If James, you know, Jameis Winston with, with nine, nine kids. kids. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, because he threw a lot of interceptions exactly. and didn't win a lot of games. Okay. Yeah, you said Eli, and I was like, I think you meant Philip. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just yeah. wanted to double For check sure. on that. Totally. Make sure I didn't miss Eli Manning's like large family or something like that. <laughs> I didn't know Eli had nine kids. I knew Philip does. He's probably going on 15. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm going to tell you right here. Uh, I have already figured out what I'm not doing today, and that is watching the Pro Bowl. Because why? There's no reason to. I won't even watch that thing on mute listening to a podcast. I will not drink coffee watching the Pro Bowl. And there's nothing I won't drink coffee doing. 
but the Pro Bowl will not be on the screen. I would rather watch a test pattern than watch the Pro Bowl. And watch something amazing happen now. Last couple of years, I've dogged the Pro Bowl because I work in sports radio and that's what you do. But eventually, like some momentous thing is going to happen at the Pro Bowl. I'm kidding. It's not going to happen. I would rather watch the XFL than the Pro Bowl. How about them apples? We'll be right back. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Well, we've had a blast. A couple more minutes. Then Brian, no Andy Furman. There'll be Can't Miss Radio coming up, Fox Sports Sunday. We're all here in the Fox Sports Radio studios, brought to you by Geico. Little Eve 6 inside out for you on the way out here. I saw them live because, yeah, of course I did. They had this song. At the same time, I saw them with Our Lady Peace, as a matter of fact. So we've heard both of them tonight. Good show. Yeah, not an interesting show at the time. Third Eye Blind headlined it. ESPN, according to Front Office Sports and Andrew Marchand and a bunch of other folks that know this stuff pretty well, they're still looking to try and lure Tony Romo away and bring him to Monday Night Football. So Monday Night Football appears to be broken, folks. If you haven't noticed... Because so much of the timeline on social media during those games is about Booger McFarland, or it's about Joe Tessitore, or of course it was about Jason Witten, who ran away to go back to football because of how that went. Much better at football than he was in the booth. But it was a tough gig. It it was his first gig, and it was Monday Night Football. It's not an easy chair to sit in. Tessator still sounds like we're listening to Toledo versus Western Michigan and on a random Wednesday night or even like Friday night action. And it was great. That's not me slamming him other than he just sounds like college to me. Just I can't get that out of my head. When I hear him, I think I'm watching a college game. Tony Romo's a superstar. We know this. He's when he's doing a game, I just want to hear it. Doesn't even matter the game. I want to listen to it. I want to hear what Tony Romo has to say. That's what you want if you're ESPN. That's what you want if you're any network. CBS is potentially not going to have, or maybe they've already bailed out of the SEC, which has been a huge cash cow for them on Saturdays. But ESPN going after Romo makes all sense in the world. I've said before, I think I even said it last year, before they settled on what they were going to do, that what they should do is make Kurt Warner tell them no. Because I think Kurt Warner has become one of the best in the business. On radio, you can hear him do it. But on TV, he's gotten really good, too. And he's as likable as they come. Romo's super likable. But you don't necessarily have to go pay Romo that money if you can get a Kurt Warner. But if you can get a Romo, go get Romo. I don't know that he would leave. His gig's pretty cushy the way it is. And working with Jim Nance... You know, his life could be a lot worse. Not that he can go to ESPN and do well, and then, of course, he'd become a talking head on those shows if he wanted to be on the debate shows and all those kinds of things, or he could just do the games and not really take take part in that. But the offer, somewhere between 10 and $14 million annually, just shows, I mean, I still think he could be playing in the league. 
in Dallas and succeeding because I thought he was a great player. Talking about somebody that, to me, passed the eye test but did not, you know, it just didn't work out for him in the playoffs. Romo's that guy, but as a broadcaster, he's a rock star. So the money that would CBS actually match it? If it's 10 to 14, that would be rather difficult to rationalize for one personality. Well, Monday Night Football needs the help. But I'm telling you right now, the untapped guy, and maybe you just don't want to do it, is Kurt Warner. There are a lot of other guys that they have tried out that are, you know, decent that you could put on certain teams like in a B or C crew. But if you want an A-level announcer, yeah, Romo is the guy, but Kurt Warner is the one that nobody's talking about. I will continue to mob for that guy because I've heard him do some games on TV and I've heard him particularly do radio broadcasts and he is phenomenal in much the same way Romo is. Romo has his Nostradamus thing going, which we'll see how, if he's still able to do that five years from now when he's a little bit further away from the game and it's changed a bit and he doesn't know as much about the guys in the game. That's been one thought that maybe we've already seen the best that he'll be. I don't necessarily agree with that. I just think dude was made to do this. And he got out of the game. I mean, he got banged up, of course, but he got out of the game before it took everything from him and more power to him. I'll be curious to see how this one goes. I figure we'll know soon enough. Drew Brees has said he'll know within a month, and he's like, I'm either going to play for the Saints or I'm going to retire. That's it. Uh, I I tend to think Romo's going to stay put, but I don't blame ESPN at all for doing this. I do blame anyone that watches the Pro Bowl if you don't enjoy it because you're not going to enjoy it. Don't watch the Pro Bowl. Do something else. Like, listen to Brian No and Andy Furman. They're next. I'll see you next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.